Hi, and welcome back to season two of the Girls Who Gather podcast, a podcast sharing women's stories from a diverse range of backgrounds and stages of life, highlighting the way they are building community, empowering other women, and walking out their calling. We are so glad you've decided to tune in. Our hope for launching this podcast is to extend the voice of Gather beyond the physical spaces where we meet in our cities, campuses, and apartments. We want to make our content even more accessible to all of you. With an incredible diversity of feminine voices, we want to create a catalog of stories, testimonies, and inspirational content that you and your friends can always return to. We will also be announcing gathered news, updates, and other exciting events coming up on this platform. Stay tuned for more from us as we journey through this next season together. And as you listen, we encourage you to lean in and learn from some truly incredible women. So today's episode is so good. We dive into fitness, journeys with food, journeys with body image, and it's just really a good episode and a lot of concrete wisdom from Megan Hoffman, who uh, was actually a winner of The Biggest Loser, and she just really goes in depth about her own experience with her body and just the journey that she's been on to not just lose weight, but really to find uh, you know self-worth and to, to understand where her worth might be coming from, that, that maybe it, it was placed in an unhealthy in an unhealthy way before um, which I think is really applicable to all of us so super good episode really excited to share it with you all Morgan what was your favorite highlight from today I really liked how she talked about endurance and perseverance and how important that is in our individual journeys whether it be in regards to fitness or not and she also talked a lot about community and the importance of having other people alongside you with the journey so definitely encourage y'all to listen All right. Well, Megan Hoffman is an incredibly inspiring guest to have on our podcast today. She was a contestant on USA's Biggest Loser and was the at-home winner of the show's reboot in 2020. Megan is currently a model, a keynote motivational speaker, an author who primarily focuses on personal development, health and wellness, and body positivity. What can't she do? She has been a leader in the fitness industry for over a decade now, and after overcoming her own weight loss battle, has made her life's passion to help others break free from self-imposed limitations. I love that. Megan is currently pursuing her dreams, working on a motivational book called Worthy and exploring fiction option as well. So we are so thrilled to learn more about you and your story on our show today. Welcome, Megan. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So we are so excited to have you. Uh, We like to start at the same place with all of our guests. So we would love for you to tell us a little bit about your upbringing and how uh, that may have affected sort of what you do today in the industry that you're in right now. Sure. So, you know, I think, um, I mean, I, I want to say I had a pretty average upbringing, but, you know, I was always, you know, not really pushed, but always just made to feel like I could do anything I wanted to do, which as a child, you know, it's sky's the limit, but also that brings a lot of, like, it brought me a lot of confusion, confusion because I'm like, oh, I can do anything I want. Well, what do I want? You know, and it was always like, oh, I always want to perform or be in front of people. But I think at the end of the day, even growing up, I wanted to be involved with helping other people. Um, whether that was like performing and bringing them, you know, laughter or just being a friend to them or playing outside and just really like opening up our imaginations. And so I really feel like, you know, growing up, it was, you know, it was always very active. But then there was this other side where, you know, when trauma or, you know, upsets would happen as a child, I really started finding comfort with food. 
And so I think that kind of led me to, you know, the biggest part of my journey, which was, you know, this past couple of years. Um, but really just turning, you know, it started with my grandma at one point thought that I was maybe too thin. And, um, so she started feeding me really like, give me comfort foods, you know? And then it was like, Oh, we go to grandma's house. We get two scoops of ice cream. We get all, you know, all the comfort foods. And as a child, you're just, you know, it's like fun. It's exciting. You don't really understand what's happening. And I don't think you really, you know, at at that age conceptualize that, wow, like I'm actually using this to make myself feel safe. I'm using this as a place of comfort or familiarity so that if there's something that's upsetting me externally, um, this will bring me back to like a place of um, comfort. And, you know, I grew up in church and obviously have my faith. And I believe that um, without that, I wouldn't have been able to pull through even through now. And so it's funny because, you know, when you're younger, it's just the way that you, um, I don't want to say conceptualize again, but it's kind of like the way that you process things. You don't really fully understand like that you're developing patterns then that you're developing systems then and how you're going to cope later on in life. You know, it's like, that's when we really learn is, you know, um, I went through a lot of counseling, uh, recently to like help me progress in my journey. And she talked a lot about small fails as a child. And, you know, when our parents, maybe, you know, it's not intentional, right? It's not, none of this is like, you know, out to get us or hurt us. It's like an, an unintentional, very small, minute fail, on a parent or a friend or a teacher side, but it teaches us, you know, from early on how to cope. And that's, you know, kind of what we spend our entire lives revamping or remapping inside of our minds is like, how can I create a safe environment for myself? Or how can I create a different perspective on who I am or my self-worth without having these other things that are kind of detrimental? Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. So good. Was that too much of a mouthful? No, no, no. <laughs> That's perfect. Okay. No, and it's definitely really important to like take the time to go back and think through those things. Um, I definitely relate to some of those patterns, but um, I think a lot of us do, you know, like oh, yeah. being, you know, if you're good, then I'll give you this snack or yes, if you're bad, you know, yes. like even just stuff like that. You go to the doctor, um, you get it separate. Yes, you get your yeah. Mm-hmm, you just taught, mm-hmm. like you're, yeah, you're taught yeah, to yeah, yeah. food. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, it's so funny. We've had my family – this is like an aside, but we've always grown up with Labrador retrievers. Mm-hmm. And the first one we trained with treats and he was terrible. <laughs> like he would just eat everything. He would like take this stuff off the counter. Like he was just so bad. And then the second one we were like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. And so he he's a lot more well-behaved. Yeah. Oh, I am treat trained. I relate to this. <laughs> I, am I am like, like chip, treat like, trained. That, and that like yeah. ultimately it was his death, you know? It's like, I don't know. I know. Poor thing. Rest in peace. Okay. So you competed on The Biggest Loser, which is so awesome. Um, Can you tell us more about this and what made you decide to go on the show? I mean, it's like The Bachelor of Fitness. So (laughs) I know. I was like, am I going to be with Steve Cook? Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) We'll find out. Just kidding. Just kidding. Steven Morgan. Just kidding. I love it. Um, I do think it's really important to tell you guys that it was actually my third time auditioning for The Biggest Loser. Um, on the season that I actually went on. And what I think is important about that is the first two times that I applied for Biggest Loser, my mindset, my goals, my state of like everything that I was in, right, was I just want to lose weight fast. Hmm. And what better way to do it than be on TV? You know, that hmm. sounds so glamorous, right? Like, oh, I'm doing a reality TV show. Um, you know, I wanted to be on TV and I wanted to drop the weight fast because I felt like everything that was missing in my life 
was because of my weight at that time. Mm. Now I was really never super insecure about how I looked. I always felt like, I mean, I would look in the mirror and be like, yes, you know, I always felt very confident. Um, but I did feel like, you know, relationships, jobs, why am I not pursuing my, my real dreams? Um, all of those things I really blamed on my weight. Mm -hmm. Um, even though, uh, spoiler alert, it had nothing to do with my weight. (laughs) So I made it to about, I think it was like the semifinals during casting. It's like right before you go away to get all your medical testing, both, both years prior to my season. And it was pretty devastating to feel like you're so close to something Mm -hmm. that you've wanted my whole life. Like my whole life, I've been pretty much overweight starting from the sixth grade on fifth, sixth grade. Um, so I really felt like this was something that I had wanted and it just mm. slipped through my fingers twice. And then I went through a really horrible breakup, like devastating breakup. And I was laying in bed one morning, it was a Sunday morning. And I thought to myself, like, how am I going to get this guy back? Like, how am I going to be like, you made a big mistake and the whole world wants me. And now you're going to want me and you're going to come back. This is literally the thoughts in my mind. So I, I, you know, I was laying there in my bed and I opened up my email that same day. And there it was Torrid, which is a plus size clothing company, which I love Torrid. And I wish they carried all sizes because everybody deserves to shop there. Um, But they were casting for their Torrid. It was like the face of like, I don't know, 20, 20, 15, 16, 14. I can't remember. I'll have to look back. But it's literally like my first post on my Instagram. If you scroll all the way down is for Torrid. I started my Instagram because you had to have one for their campaign. And I grassroots myself. I made this like board and I went around and I went to every location at the time I was traveling for my job. So I was going to like basically every location in Southern California with my little board that said like, I'm the next space of Torrid, like took a picture with all their teams. I mean, I was like, I'm going to do this. And what's funny is that the driving force behind it obviously was like, you're going to wish you never left me. Like you're going to wish that there was no other person but me in your life. (laughs) Um, And it's funny because, you know, I didn't end up becoming the face of Torrid 20, whatever, but they did call me to do, um, like a campaign for them. Mm -hmm. So it was my toward my story. And I really got to just share like who I was. And it was in that moment that I realized it wasn't so much of the force of why I was doing it. And I started realizing what I was capable of doing. And it was like, wow, you set out to do this. And even though you didn't get the, the one thing you really wanted, like you got something that was even better because you weren't just a model, right? Like now you have a voice. And I think that was something that was really important to me because I realized there are so many people out there who are striving to lose weight or want to lose weight quick or want to change their lives or want to get the guy back. But the truth is, is that, you know, our, our lives are taking us on this incredible journey. And if we allow things that aren't meant for us to fall away as painful as it is sometimes, you know, we're able to shift into the place where we really need to be, you know, and I, I, I truly believe that people are there for seasons and some will last forever and some will. And I truly believe jobs, same things, but if we don't tap into our ability to really start to make those things manifest. Now, I truly believe like, you know, partner with Jesus, <laughs> like, but I believe, you know, I really believe that like, it's like, we have the power, everything that we need is already inside. So whatever it is that we desire, we have the ability to make that happen. If we put our energy into that versus saying, Oh, it's because of this, 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 and this, and this is why I can't do it. Like I could have sat on my bed and been like, Oh, I could have been a model. Oh, towards casting for models, but I could never do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But instead I was like, Oh, I'm doing it. You know? And I really <laughs> believed like, I'm going to make this happen. 
I'm going to make it happen. And I went and I fought for it every single day. And something unlocked inside of me after I did Torrid, I got called to do a TJ Maxx commercial. And the name, the gentleman's name of the producer happened to be the same name as my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> and, I, and I laughed with him and I said, one guy's trash is another's treasure. And in my heart, it was like, I realized, wow, I did all of that. You know, I did all of that work to try to prove to him that I was mm-hmm. worthy of being loved. Right. And spoiler alert, he did not love me again. Like he never came running back. But the truth is, is I, you know, I tell everybody I gained a love from somebody that was far greater and that's for myself because I saw what I was capable of doing. So flash forward, you know, reboot of Biggest Loser comes back and I'm like, it's not about losing weight quick. It's about proving to myself that I have what it takes to overcome this mountain that I've been facing my entire life. And no matter what it takes, I'm going to go and I'm going to win to some capacity. Yeah, I think like what you're talking about is endurance, right? Like it's agency and moving from a place of being a victim of your life to Mm -hmm. actually, you know, I can control some of these outcomes. Um, I mean, obviously not everything. And that's one of the big lies I think of like American individualism is that, you know, you can be a self-made man. Like, no, you literally have limits that you were born with and like (laughs) you can't do everything. Um, But your story is so encouraging because you actually did the thing of not just like Mm -hmm. thinking about it, but actually doing it. I think one of the most beautiful things is none of the things that I really was chasing for came the way that I thought they would. Right. The modeling thing didn't come the way I thought it would. It came in a different aspect. Mm -hmm. Biggest Lizard didn't come the first two times. It came in a different way. And the experience, you know, they moved, the show moved to a completely different type of platform where it was more holistic approach. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like everybody's going to, I mean, we all dropped weight quickly because that's what you do every single day. It's going to happen. But it wasn't focusing on, we want these people to lose as much weight as possible to make good TV. It was, we right. want these people to inspire a nation mm-hmm. to say, here's how we're going to transform your life from the inside out this right. time, right? Like, yes, physical is going to happen because this is what's going to happen. But it was more about like, what are you, what is inside of you that's holding you back? What are you allowing holding you back? Mm-hmm. And then how are we going to break these habits? How are we going to break these things? And how do you just be truthful with yourself mm-hmm. about what these things are? You know, it's a, a lot of looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. A lot of self-reflecting, saying, why am I doing this? Why do I get a certain point in my journey, whether that be like me writing my book or me losing weight or whatever it is, and then all of a sudden, self-sabotage behaviors come in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has, so we would love to hear a little bit more about how this experience like shaped how you think about fitness, because you just mentioned that they kind of changed their approach, which was probably for the better. Yeah. Um, but we'd love to hear a little bit more about that. So I have been in the fitness industry since 2008, and I will tell you that as far as diet and exercise, there was nothing really aha that I learned Mm -hmm. um, from the show. I think that the biggest thing that I took away from the show was my my own strength and my own ability to overcome. And I think that's pretty much, you know, if I could, if I can be honest with you, I think that that's pretty much what shifted my thoughts on fitness, on nutrition is, you know, before it's like, okay, we're going to really restrict our calories and really, you know, like I know what to, I've been in the industry for long enough. Like I've, I've, mm-hmm. there's not one class I haven't been through. I've been certified as a trainer. I've you know, there's nothing that I haven't done to try to lose this weight except for actually lose it. You know what I mean? Except for actually be consistent. And I think the biggest thing is that I always was in a rush to get Mm. somewhere. I want to get down to this weight by this time. And, you know, I always have those goals, have those goals, Mm -hmm. but now it's like, 
when you start hitting those goals, nothing magical happens that day, right? You get on that scale. Oh, I hit that number. I've been like hurt, like struggling for nothing else changes in your life. Nothing. Yeah. Megan, have you so seen Brittany like- runs a marathon? No. <laughs> it's well, it's something like that, but it just reminds me of that because in the, in the movie, she, she does that. Like she gets on the scale, mm-hmm. like literally every single day. And then she reaches this point of actually like really not liking herself because she realized like the type of person that she had become that was just so obsessed with like, I have to run the marathon. And then this like shift happens where she just, she does do it eventually, but it's this like joyful, expressive experience instead of just like this self-consuming, like Mm -hmm. tyrannical, like, I don't know, Laura, do you have something, anything to add on that? Oh yeah. I mean, I have one of my best friends like trained, 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 trained for a half Ironman or a full Ironman, I think, and did it and then, like, expected the finish line to sort of be the, like, okay, now I'm going to feel like I did it and I made it. And he was like, I felt off. I felt nothing at the end of it. Like, I laid on the ground and people were, my friends were there. They were, you know, they were like, you did it. And I was like, I feel nothing. And, like, realized, and that's actually what brought him to, like, Mm -hmm. into faith more, too, because he was like, there's just something there was something I was looking for that could not be found just at the end of a finish yeah. line or at the right, yeah. the goal weight or the goal time, you know? Yes. So. Well, when I was about to finish my marathon, my crazy mom jumped on the course and was like, you need to pass people. Let's go. And she starts running with me. I'm like, mom, I'm not passing people at the end of a marathon. Yeah. Like, what is going on? You're going to get kicked out. And I'm not kidding. For like two miles, this woman is like, let's go. And <laughs> like going with me. Oh um, but kind of similar oh, yeah. experience. Like you finish and you're like "Ah, actually I just kind of want to die but (laughs) it's I will tell you that um you know it was incredible to be able to say I you know had a a little weigh-in week and got sent home but was able to continue fighting coming back and winning that home prize and it's funny because I stand there on the stage and I'm like there, you know, they would ask, you know, and there's a lot of filming that you guys don't get to see from the show, but you know, Bob would ask me like, what was your most impactful moment? And everybody would think like, uh, this moment, like a winner, winner, chicken dinner, you know, like, this is like, this is the moment. But to be honest, like, like the most important moment to me was the night that I got sent home because then it was like, Megan, what are you going to do now? Like, what are you going to do when you're facing defeat again, or what seems like defeat, right? Cause in the moment it was like, you lost, you lost, you know, there's no coming back from it, you know? But um, I'll tell you that, and and this is very hard until you start experiencing it for yourself, I think, to really fully understand. But mm-hmm. the most incredible part about the journey is the journey. Like, it's not it's not the end. It's not, you know, like, I look back at Biggest Loser, and I, I mean, I get choked up a lot. Like, you know, especially when our, like, oh, it's been one year. It's been, like, you know, like, we all, like, are texting each other, and it's, like, you know, emotional. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you think about, like, it's the day, every single day that I got up and chose to fight for myself is where, is where that victory was. It's not, it was not when I got on that scale, I was like, Oh, I won. And then it was like, cause guess what? The next day my life went back to normal, mm-hmm. you know? And so right. you're like, you're on this like huge high and it's like, boom. Right. And so what I started realizing is, you know, it happened a lot through the pandemic. The first half of the pandemic, I was like, I'm an all-star. I'm a beast. There's a champion. I'm going to, you know, and mm-hmm. I was still continuing to drop that weight and drop yeah. that weight. And then I realized, Oh, you're like, this is kind of becoming weird, right? Like yeah. you're under eating, like you're not doing that. Like, this is like weird mentality. Like you're not, you're like, you're trying to prove something to who like yourself, like, cause you're fine. Like, and I struggle severely with body dysmorphia. Um, if you read like any of my posts, like you'll know, like I, I definitely, like I look in the mirror and I see the same girl. Right. So 
um, it's almost like I could never get thin enough because I can't, I can't see a difference. Like if I see like side to side photos, like even today I took a photo of my, you know, Dodger Jersey and I'm like, how does it look like a dress when it was like so short and tight, you know, like the one button was like holding on for dear life. It like looked like I was going to pop right off. And now it's like hanging like a dress, you know, I'm like, how is this possible? Because when I look in the mirror, I don't see that. But, you know, so towards the second round of um, like when LA got closed down, shut down again for the pandemic, I want to say it was like towards July, um, maybe August, I started to um, slump because it's like all I'm seeing is, you know, I'm fighting, 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 but I don't understand why. I'm looking in the mirror. And all I can see is like I have a tremendous amount of loose skin everywhere. So my body doesn't look like, you know, oh, I'm going to lose weight and then have a great body. Well, no, not true. <laughs> like that's not true. Like you, but you're healthy, but it's like, who cares about healthy? I want to look thin. I right. want to look good. I want to have that tight body. You know, I've been working for this body for all these years and this is what I have to show for it. You know, and these kind of thoughts started overtaking me and the comparison game started overtaking me. And I started to slowly regain. No, I didn't regain a lot of weight back. Like, obviously, you know, thankfully, I, you know, am in a place where I feel like my um, mindset and coping, like, it doesn't let me go too far anymore, which is a miracle. Um, But it's like now the journey is different. So now I'm like back on track mentally. And I think to myself, yeah, I want to get back down to where I was, but it doesn't have to be this month Mm. or in two months or three months. Like it's literally like my focus is now like, yes, that's where I want to be. And I have a goal, but the goal is set far away enough for me to say, I can enjoy my process a really long time now. So now it's like, I, you know, I, and I've preached this before too, where it's like really focus on your performance, not your looks really focus on like your ability to get stronger and your ability to be like, Oh, I'm actually like, feeling better with the foods I'm ingesting, you know, it's like, people are like, Oh, you should be up to 1800 calories. Well, guess what? I don't want to eat 1800 calories of bland food. Like I want to eat 1800 calories <laughs> of chips and dip, you know what yeah. I mean? But it's like, but it's like finding like, wow, like when I'm actually eating on my macros, and I'm eating what I'm supposed to be eating, like my body is fueled and I'm performing better. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes more of like, wow, I'm feeling. And then from then you feel the confidence from there. You look in the mirror and, and you know, I, I said it today, like you look in the mirror and it doesn't matter what size you are or how your skin looks like, or, you know, how you feel like your body's not tight in some areas. You look in the mirror and you're like, you are going to slay today. Like you fought so hard yesterday. You woke up feeling amazing today. You're going to do it again, you know? And it's like, and you find different ways to do it, to keep yourself excited. You know, I like right now I'm in love with cycle bar. I just joined recently and being a part of a class again and being part of a community yes. like that is amazing. I love that I look around and there's, you know, men, women, like all different ages, all different body sizes, all different body types, all different activity levels, you know, like, and it's just like, you're a part of this, but there's just such a passion, um, for showing up for yourself, mm-hmm. you know? And it's not about like, when I'm on that bike, I don't care like what I looked like in the mirror. I'm like, I'm fighting to like climb this hill. You know what I mean? Or like, I'm crying because the songs triggered me, you know what I mean? But it's like, yeah, y- your journey does take this shift and you, and if you can, if you can find that shift and find that, like, yes, you do want to hit numbers or you do want to get down to a certain healthier weight for your body. So your heart doesn't have to work overtime. So, you know what I mean? Like you're overall healthy and healthier and you start realizing that it's more about the everyday journey and not about that hitting that one number because it's, 
I'll tell you right now, it's a big letdown. If your whole, if you're, if all you care about is hitting one number, you're going to be very disappointed when it finally happens because you expect your whole life to change and it, nothing will. Nothing That's well. very true. That's true of a lot of things in life, I think, of just like mm-hmm. thinking that there's this this mm-hmm. one job or this getting married or this other, yes. you know, wh- the, whatever the thing is that is going to be the thing that changes everything in your life. And then you get there mm-hmm. and you're like, wait. Oh, um, yeah. Which is just <laughs> I'm like, still here. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> but um, no, that's so good. I want to know too, like how, so you've been in fitness for a long time. How mm-hmm. do you handle comparison? Because I think that's a very real thing because I feel like for myself, like I've been on some of a journey with my own body and I will improve, but still find myself like, very much comparing myself to what I see online or my friends or the people around me at the gym. And it's like, that just seems to be something that is, at least for me, something that's really hard. And I think with just how exposed we are to, you know, so much image right now and so much, so many, you know, so much at one time, it can be really hard to not get overwhelmed with comparing yourself and and dealing with that, that thing in your brain that just says, well, yeah, you, you lost this weight, but you you still don't look like her or like, you're never going to look like that. Mm -hmm. And so how do you combat that really very real sort of thing? Okay. I think that, and this, every person has to kind of find their own way of, but I think one is you eliminate the trash, right? Not that sounds really bad. I'm going <laughs> to cut that. You don't, don't want to call it trash, but you eliminate the things that are really going to trigger you. So, um, there are people's accounts and I go through my social media. I mean, social media is a trap, right? We all scroll and then we're like, Oh my gosh, it's been an hour and I'm still scrolling through all these people's lives. Um, but I would say that I like to do a good purge all the time. So if I find that whenever I see a certain account, it's making me feel like not good about myself, even though there's nothing wrong with that person. Right. Victoria will say like, I don't know, I don't even want to say brands, but we'll just, because they're actually expanding on their, on their, um, size base. But let's just say there's a certain like influencer or whatever. And you're like, ah, oh, like when you see them and you think negative thoughts about yourself, maybe it's time to mute that account. Maybe you don't have to delete it, but maybe mute it because the less you're filling your mind with things that are making you feel like you have to compare yourself, the less you're going to be doing it. Um, I also think taking self inventory is very important. I do it a lot. I'm a avid journaler. I journal every single day, um, whether it's just the thoughts of what happened or my dreams or whatever is happening, you know, that day or yesterday. And I think that when you take self inventory, it kind of keeps in perspective, everything that you currently have, um, achieved what you are working, fighting towards what you've able to overcome, what you, you know, what you fought through and like, we made it, you know, um, and everything that you have right now, like really looking at like your current situation, like even through the pandemic, it's like, what a gift we all have to still one, be here and two, to be able to continue to like have a voice in our communities and to be able to really just, you know, I, I don't know, like, I want to say like influence people on how to become whole, mm-hmm. right? Like, especially in a time where so many people feel broken and lost. And I think that, um, I don't know. I think that the more that you take self inventory and you acknowledge what you do have, it kind of takes the pressure off having to compare yourself to what somebody else is, or maybe is only on social media and not in real life. Is there anything just having been in the, in this industry for a while now too, like is there any like really big thing you can think of that you just really wish was were different in this industry? Like something you really don't like about the fitness industry that you wish you could change? You know what? I think the biggest thing is that everybody belongs in the fitness industry. And I think that 
Um, for the most part, I think that once you start getting involved, you do realize like there's certain places where maybe you wouldn't want to go or certain places that you wouldn't feel comfortable in, but there really is something out there for everybody to be involved with fitness industry. I think that, um, I would also, I mean, in a perfect world, love to say like, Hey, there's no like perfect diet out there, right? Like, and I'm not bashing any diet. I think if you can find one that really works and fuels your body the way that you need to be fueled you stay consistent, it's going to work, right? Like pick one that you really feel good about and be consistent with it. But I think that the most part is, I think a lot of people feel uncomfortable. Signing people up at the gym all the time was one of my favorite things because, you know, a lot of people would come in and they'd be very insecure about walking into a gym thinking like, oh, it's going to be all bodybuilders or like serious, like fitness people. And then they walk in and they're like, oh, that's like my neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, I know him. He lives next door. He's an average guy. Yeah. You know, and it's like, or they get me. And I, at the time I was 341 pounds and I'm like, I'm on my fitness journey. And they're like, oh okay, like, well, she's on her journey. She's, she's not a fit model. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's interesting because I just, you know, I wish that people knew what, um, and then what it does, like when you start exercising, how it kind of just unlocks this like different type of confidence inside of you, because you feel stronger, you feel more capable. Um, and it like really helps you de-stress. Yes. <laughs> like it Amen. takes a lot away. It really does. Oh, oh yeah. Gosh. I was at the gym yeah. this morning and I saw there's this, <laughs> I we, I live in New York, so it's just there's lots of characters. But there's this man that brings his giant. It is a giant bulldog. He's huge, with a Go tutu dogs. on, into the gym. And I was like, I finally went up to him and I was like, Hey, like cute dog. Because I was like, How in the world is he getting this dog in here? This yeah. is like a liability. He's like, Oh, he's a service dog. I was like, Emotional support, Lar. Oh, I was like, There's support. no way. Like it was so funny because he just straight face was like, Yeah, he's my service dog. I was like. Wow. <laughs> You're like, all right. He's a huge bulldog. He like is yeah, I was like, this is oh. this dog has muscle more muscle than me, so it's fine. I know. Um, They're like, no, I have less muscle yeah. than the dog. <laughs> it's like, no, this dog is making me insecure and <laughs> Yeah. Hey, the the theme of this podcast is dogs. Um so yeah. so as you might know, we are in a series called Be Well this month, and so we're talking about our physical health and Something that we would love to learn a little bit more about is kind of like the restrictions you feel like we put on ourselves. Um, Like you want to make that first step and you kind of were just hitting on this, but what do you think some encouragement we could give to listeners that like really do want to make some changes or shifts in their fitness journey, but are having a hard time kind of making that first step? I think the biggest thing is don't, one, don't say that your journey has to look like anybody else's. Mm -hmm. This is your journey and it's going to start however you decide to start it. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, any of the people that you know, or any people that you follow or any of the articles that you've read, you know, and I'm, I would say, start small, Mm -hmm. make really manageable changes. Um, I think walking is very underrated. Walking, I think has helped me lose most of my weight, to be honest with you, like lists walking, like low, intense, steady state, cardio walking has been a lifesaver to me. And I think that if you can get outside and walk for 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes, I think my first walk was maybe 15 minutes. Um, and just start moving your body. Like you're going to start feeling better. And I'm telling you that it doesn't take much to start you going, like to get you going and start momentum. And I think that, um, like if you are talking about physical activity, I would start with a walk. If you're talking about nutrition, I would start with maybe adjusting one meal. Let's say your breakfast or your lunch or dinner, whatever meal you feel like, Hey, I can make some adjustments here to this one meal and I can maintain it for a little while and then add in something else. 
But I think what happens is we go from zero to a hundred and it's unmanaged, like we can't maintain it. Mm-hmm. And then we're not excited about it. I would also say really do your research because mm-hmm. there are exercises out there that are not for everybody. And you're going to find something that's for you, whether it be, you know, for me, I like to cycle. I like to, you know, lift weights in the gym or whatever it is. Right. Like, but maybe you don't like doing that. Maybe you like to swim mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe you like to just walk on the treadmill and, or maybe you like to take indoor classes, you know, or whatever it may be like, you're going to mm-hmm. find what it is for you. That's going to keep you going. Some mm-hmm. people like to take dance classes. Some, you know, it's, I mean, the sky is the limit when it comes to movement. Mm-hmm. Um, there is not one way to burn a calorie. Totally. So you have said, you know, you're, you've, you have a faith, you're a woman of faith. And I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about sort of that intersection between just how faith has played a role in your fitness journey, but also um, it's like a part two of the question, you know, how, have you seen in your life, and I think you spoke to it a little bit about in the beginning when your motivation was more for, you know, I want to mm-hmm. look good so that you love me back. And have you seen that slip into, you know, your, your fitness journey slip into sort of like a selfish behavior or a, like sort of something that just takes you away from people or away from God? And have you learned to, to walk that out? Yes. Um, <laughs> I would say it's, okay. So in the beginning of 2019 is when my, my weight loss started to happen. Um, I would say for the last time, right? Like the last time I started was 2019 and I've been able to be successful ever since. And I remember I just prayed and I kept it, you know, before it's like, I'm losing weight. And I would tell everybody like, I'm on this journey. And, you know, like I really wanted to like announce it to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was more of a, I, wanted to know for myself that I was able to do this. And so it was more of me just like kind of humbling myself and just asking for help, like partnering with God and saying, listen, like I need help doing this. Like I need help with this transformation. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's very difficult when you find food of comfort because you could be happy and you're eating, you could be sad and you're eating, you could be bored and you're eating. Like food is just a way to keep yourself entertained. You know what I mean? And so it really, for me, the biggest shift was saying like, when I'm feeling scared, lonely, insecure, bored, like I really have to turn to God and say like, you have to be my source now, because if you're not, I'm going to turn back to these other things. And to be honest, it's very much like substance abuse. Now, obviously substance abuse, like I've never had substance abuse, so I can't say exactly what somebody would go through. I've been around a lot of people who have had it, Um, but I can tell you that the difference is, is that, you know, with substance abuse, not saying it's harder or, you know, either one is hard, whatever you're dealing with any kind of, um, addiction, it is difficult. Um, but with substance abuse, usually you just stay away from the substance, right? Well, with food, you have to eat daily. Mm -hmm. You just like, that's what happens, right? Your body needs Mm -hmm. the fuel, your body needs the energy. Um, so at first it was staying away from foods that I felt like I would lean towards like small. I just cut out soda at first right? Because I love that bubbly fizz. As soon as I hit it, I was like, oh, oh, felt good. Like I'm feeling good. I got my soda in the car. If I'm going on a road trip, I got my soda, you know? And so I started like very small, like, and obviously like I prayed about like what to do and what steps to take, um, for myself. And I think for everybody, it's a little bit different. Um, but I started to eliminate the things that I knew instantly would like emotionally charge me because I wanted to see like, you know, what, why am I doing this? What am, what am I feeling in the moment that I'm avoiding? Right. Because what's happening is what's really happening is that there's something inside of me that's saying like, Hey, like there's something not right in your life Mm -hmm. or you're not really happy 
with what's going on in your life or you're not really happy with where you are, even though everything is fine, right? But you're not living the life that you're really called to live. But it's always like a, a healthy need, but then being satisfied in an unhealthy way. Yes, because it's like, here's the thing, like the beautiful thing is like, it's almost like God poking you like, hey, like there's nothing really wrong, but you're not really living your calling or hey, there's something like, like you're grateful for what's going on in your life, but I have something different for you or I have something more for you. And it's an uncomfortable feeling. And if you are, if you don't allow yourself to sit in it, you're going to try to fill it with something else, right? Like that uncomfortable feeling, like we don't like to sit in uncomfortable, but the more we can get used to sitting in the uncomfortable feelings, the more we can really Mm -hmm. figure out what's going on inside of us and make those life changes. Yeah. Yeah. Megan, that's so encouraging. I um, help like co-facilitate a class for folks that are in recovery um, Mm -hmm. for a range of, you know, just different things. And we talk a lot about community and like recovery plans and how are we going to yeah. maintain our, our goals that we have. Um, and in this case, it is substances, but we'd love to hear about like the role of community in your journey and like how other men, other women have supported you and encouraged you, but then also not enabled you um, in, <laughs> in either. Because I know I can, I'm such a vacillator. I'll be like, okay, we're going to run 10 miles and like, it's going to be yeah. crazy and awesome. Or I'm like, let's drink an entire bottle of wine. Like, no, right. like we need to figure out what, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. so, so tell us about how other people and also, you know, gather, we're all about community. So yes, we'd love to hear about that. Okay. So I think one of the biggest and probably hardest things that I had to learn on this journey was asking for help. Right. right. So I can pray, 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 but God brings people into your life for a reason, right? We need each other. We need each other. So one of the biggest things for me is asking for help. Now, it is not safe to ask everybody for help because sometimes people think that asking for help means they let you want their opinion. <laughs> and that is not <laughs> what I'm after. Right. Um, you know, we're after accountability or just walking or talking through something like, hey, can I just talk through this? Or I'm feeling this way. Or, hey, I like, you know, had more cheese than I should have. You know what I mean? Like whatever, like, and that sounds silly, but it's like whatever the situation may be. And for me, you know, I have a close knit group of friends who don't necessarily live by me um, that I'm able to reach out to. I think that I have partnered with, you know, Ryan Denahan. He's my trainer. He's from Complete Performance Center in Thousand Oaks. He's amazing. He has been my backbone from day one of my journey, um, starting in 2019, the beginning before Biggest Loser. Like he was, he, and even now he's like still by my side and, and the whole team there really. Um, But I think it's like finding safe places, finding places that you know are safe with people who you know genuinely have your best interest in mind. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the hardest thing. And to be honest with you, um, my family does help me a lot. Like my brother, my mom, like they're they're right there rooting for me. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I feel like I go outside of my family Mm -hmm. to look for support because there's a lot of familiarity as well, right? Like my family knows me as like the Megan who's persevered, but they also know me as the Megan who's like, it's Thanksgiving and I want fudge. You know what I mean? And they're like, oh, she's going to want that, you know, versus like, hey, Megan, like if you don't have one piece of fudge, you're probably not going to want 30 more. You know what I mean? So it's like, but listen, community is so important. I think that, you know, when you start to internalize or isolate or whatever, it is very hard to see a big picture because you are just swarmed with your thoughts and your mind and you can only see so far. But when you have somebody else come in with a different perspective or a different outlook or just say like, hey, you know what? I feel the same way sometimes. You're not alone in that feeling. It brings so much more power. And what happens is that, you know, when you internalize something, it is almost, um, you're almost encaged by it, right? Like it almost can entrap you in 
it consumes your thoughts, your mind, like, and then all of a sudden you start acting different because you're acting out on this one thing that you are kind of entrapped in. Mm -hmm. But when you start sharing it with everybody else, it loosens its hold on you. Mm -hmm. And then, and, and then all of a sudden it's not a big deal. And then all of a sudden, maybe there's humor brought in and you're laughing about it. And like the situation is diffused. The thing is, is, is you'll get that only from your community, mm -hmm. right? So whether it be like, Hey, I'm joining a, a small group gym or, Hey, I'm like my cycle bar group. Like those people are my family now. And it's like, I, I am finding that I'm pushing myself harder in workouts all of a sudden I'm, you know, and it's like, I know how to push myself on a workout, but like, it's different now. It's different because I have people who are surrounding me who believe in me. And I think something that's really important is have people who, who make you want to push yourself to be better. And one thing I learned, you know, I think it's from the guy that I'm dating right now is that he'll always be like, don't say that about yourself. Like you're amazing. And it's like, it's interesting because it's like, oh, I'm amazing. I don't feel amazing. But when he says those things, it makes me be like, I want to be amazing. I am amazing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Versus if he's like, don't worry, you'll get like, if he'd have been like, don't worry, eventually you'll be okay. Eventually you'll be better. Like, you know, cause it's like, sometimes people are like, don't worry, eventually you'll get to your goal. It's like, no, it's like, no, you're at your goal. You're there. You're killing it. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you're like, I am killing it. <laughs> And then you start to behave that way, right? So it's like having people in your life that can speak into who you are right now. And that's enough. And you need to feel, and I think that that comes from self-worth. And I'll tell you like, uh, just looping in my faith with this is that until I started believing what the Bible said about who I was, right? Like, and it's very hard to be like, oh, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah, right. I can't even say no to a cheeseburger, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, real fearfully and wonderfully made. Like I'm over here like captive by food. You know what I mean? But the truth is, is it's like, but, but we are over, but we can overcome those things, right? Like, no, no, no. You may have a hang up here, but that doesn't mean that it takes away from your value. Like I might have XX skin. That doesn't take away from my value. At 341, nothing took away from my value. So why would it now when I've even overcome right. obstacles that were holding me back before? And that's what your community will remind you of. That's why you need people in your life who are going to speak to those things. And guess what? You don't have to have a million of them. Maybe just one. Or maybe there's just one person. You know, I think it's incredible that social media is such a double-edged sword, right? Like one, we find we're comparing ourselves to everybody and we're like, ugh. But on the other hand, when I wanted to lose all this weight, guess who I followed? People who had done it. Yeah. Because I'm like, if they can do it, I can do it. And guess what? They became my community, even mm -hmm. though they don't know me. Erica, before before I went on Biggest Loser and before I knew she was going to be a trainer, I did not know she was going to be a trainer until the homegirl walked out. <laughs> and I'll tell you, she wasn't my trainer, obviously. And I love Steve and I would never have wanted it any different. But I used to follow her before I even yeah. knew, before I was on the show. Aww. Why? Because I was like, she has done what I want to do, which means it's possible. Right. And so I started filling my head and filling my mind with those kind of people. And so my social, my social group, my social um, media group was a community of people who had done it. Yeah. Right. Because then you're like, instead of looking at like, oh, I'll never get there. Right. I'm looking yeah. at all these like other people who, who are just always been fit. And I'm like, oh, I'll never yeah. look like that. Mm -hmm. versus people who are like, holy crap, they did it. I can do it. They did it. I can do it. And then I'm fueling myself by those types of things. Mm -hmm. So I feel like community is, is, you know, you have your like in-person community, you have your friends from a distance, and then you also have other outlets to build a community to really help you drive that passion to get where you need to go. That's so good. Yeah. We're just going to plug great. this now, but we are designing, we designed a fitness plan for, um, for the gather girls so we can we're oh, all gonna be doing it together. Um, yeah. It, it's like it, it's varied for a wide range of different like abilities but uh so we're excited to just like because I think too like getting to do it alongside someone like Morgan and I were doing 
something this summer together and like yeah. it's just nice to like check in and be like I ran this today or I did oh, yeah. this day or like I completed it oh, like yeah. how was it for you and to have mm-hmm. people running alongside you literally running along the way. it's uh, easier to talk <laughs> yourself out of it when you're the only one doing it yes, right totally. nobody yeah. else totally knows but I have my friend Michelle every day yep. I'm like we're doing strength we're going for a walk yep I have my friend Diane set up on a couple days a week I have my cycle group I have yep. my friend Jocelyn we text every single day or you know what I mean yeah. my friend Katie it's like Make sure you have those people who are going to hold you accountable, but not to the point where you feel bad about yourself, right? But it's kind of like, here we go. I don't want to do it. You don't want to do it, but we're going to do it anyways. Yeah. You know, like it's kind of one of those things where you like trick yourself into doing it. Right. You're like, oh, yeah. It's amazing yeah. too how God has provided like specifically running friends throughout my entire life. Like even when I lived in Spain, like one mm-hmm. of the other girls like just so happened to love running and then like Lauren and I would run in DC and yeah. we would get all distracted by the monuments and be like, yeah, I we know. just walk. And yes. it was like yeah, great like, run. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's that's we love we love to hear that. Um, yeah. So you're also writing a book. I would love for you to tell us a little bit about that and being an author and sort of this this pursuit that you are in right now and just encouragement that you might have for anyone who wants to pursue writing. <laughs> um, don't quit. <laughs> don't don't give up. Yeah. Um, you know what? Writing is very interesting for me. I um, for many, many, many years. And I think my biggest passion is doing fiction. Like I want to be a fiction author, um, like young adult fiction, you know, fantasy fiction. But I think... Um, you know, as far as like motivational worthy, it was before I made it on Biggest Loser, I was in the audition process. And I just kept thinking to myself, um, like, I know that I'm worthy to get the things that I desire. And I know that there's nothing I could do differently to earn or gain those things, right? Like, we are worthy as we are, right? Even if we want to make modifications to our life, or even if we want to continue to level up and grow, which is all normal. Um, but no matter what, like exactly how we are today presented, we are worthy and we deserve. And I think that for me, you know, throughout this process and being in the fitness industry, you just see so many people who don't feel worthy until they achieve something. And even at that achievable mark, as we talked about before, the worth is still not there. Mm-hmm. And so what I really wanted to do is bring an outside perspective or a perspective of saying like, listen, I know what it's like to think if you go from you know, point A to point B, all of a sudden your worth, like you'll have, you'll feel like you have more self-worth or you won't allow yourself to go through certain things anymore, like poor relationships, like you'll cut out of it sooner or you'll, you'll stop doing certain things. But, um, I really just wanted to make sure that people knew, or I want to make sure that people know that, um, how to find self-worth exactly how they are, um, and not use pursuits to do that. Mm. Well, amazing. That was so, so helpful. Um, so I think that just the last thing I wanted to sort of touch on, I wanted to come back to health, to body positivity, and just pick like one thing of wisdom that has helped you just remain just positive, remain loving your your body and loving the skin you're in. And um, yeah, I'd love to hear that. I think the biggest thing would be to, and hopefully this is like on track of where you're wanting to go, but I do feel like for me, the biggest piece of wisdom is don't rush the process, you know, um, settle into it because you're going to learn so much about yourself and who you are. And, you know, a health journey, um, physical fitness journey is not, it's really not just physical. There are so many things that you break through, like barriers that you're going to be breaking through mentally, um, obviously physically, spiritually, as you continue that journey. And I think that allow yourself the time that you need to break through them. And I think the biggest thing that I could say is 
take your focus off of the scale, take your focus off of your size and put your focus on your performance and really use that to be your measurement guide. Like if you're a runner, let's check your time, right? Let's check, let's check your, how you're pacing. Um, if you are a cyclist, let's see, like, let's get that resistance up. Let's get that speed up, you know, whatever it is. Like, I just feel like if you can focus more on your performance, you're going to see so much more growth in yourself and you're going to feel way more confident. And then, you know, the last piece would be with that is if you tell yourself you're going to do something, you do it because you don't want it. The more you break promises to yourself, the more you don't believe yourself anymore. So when you say like, Oh, I'm beautiful. You're like, I don't believe you. You're lying to me about all these other stuff, right? You would never do that to somebody else. So if you know, self-worth, self-confidence is going to come when you start keeping those promises you've made to yourself. That's why I say take small steps, right? Cause you don't want to make, Oh, I'm going to do this huge life change. And then you can't sustain it. But if you make small promises and you keep those promises, you're going to see that confidence. Boom. Wow. Yeah. So that's so good and so practical. Just focus on being just better than we were yesterday and just ever Absolutely. increasing from Absolutely. the things we're doing. That's great. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much, Megan. This you're has welcome. been you're so amazing. Fun. Yeah, you <laughs> are. You I'm like, really I'm are. talking in I feel like I'm like, am I talking in circles over here? I'm like, no. Oh. no, no, no. It's so good. We're just, okay. there's so much like, I just want to hang out with the I know. I know. Let's do it. Yeah, I know. Back I'm in like, California. I thought you guys were here. I was like, are we going out? <laughs> nah. I know. When I'm back I'll be in flying, California. I'll be flying through in a few weeks. Yeah. But oh, I let me wave. know. <laughs> well, my layover is only five hours. So only five hours. It's not that long. I'm all beep, beep, showing yeah. up at like LAX. <laughs> that would actually, oh my gosh, how fun would that be? Just I would like, do it. I would totally do am it. I, am I allowed to leave the airport? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You yeah. can. If I think the layover is a certain amount of time, you can. Mm -hmm. but anyway <laughs> thank you so much Megan you're welcome you're you amazing you. this has been so fun and we're just so grateful for you and for sharing your story to all our listeners thank you once again for tuning in we hope you feel loved and encouraged by today's content be sure to stay tuned for more exciting updates and our gather news on our Instagram at girls who gather as well as our website www.thegirlswhogather.com. Also, remember to share and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Be on the lookout for season updates, announcements, merch, media, meetups, and more. There is always something for you to be involved in and a place to belong. You are so loved. Until next time, bye Gather Girls!